0: Off the Bench is a podcast created by ASCLS that will discuss the scientific and not so scientific ideas in laboratory medicine. We are joined by members of ASCLS who are fellow scientists, educators, and researchers. We share ideas and talk nerdy. I'm Sam, a clinical lab scientist working for a biotech company. And I'm joined by.
1: Hi, I'm Lindsay Davenport Landry, a hematology and transfusion services supervisor. Today we're going to talk about wave testing, but most specifically the CBC and I guess automated differential wave testing that has just hit the market.
0: So let's start out by just talking about wave testing. So wave testing under CLIA is, so CLIA tests are all divided into different levels. So you have wave testing, moderate complexity testing, and high complexity testing. So tests that are waived mean they're clear for home use, over-the-counter use, or to be performed by professionals that are not necessarily trained in laboratory science or certified in laboratory science in any way.
1: Some things are waived, but then they're also moderately complex or highly complex. Do the same test, but it it might be at different levels.
0: Exactly. And the idea behind waived testing is just that it should employ methodologies that are so simple that any possible erroneous results could be um could basically pose no risk of harm to the patient if it's performed incorrectly or that there's some sort of a safeguard in place so incorrect results could not be sent out to the patient chart um i've always thought that so what was do you really think?
1: weird like terminology so like you don't want anything erroneous given to the patient but like how do you really know if it's erroneous? Like, it's not supposed to give you like a wrong answer, I guess is the idea. And you're not supposed to like make a huge decision based on these these uh, these values. But I look at the list we even have here, and I mean, even a urine pregnancy test, I mean, can really make a decision. It's so simple, right? Yeah. <laughs>
0: health decisions uh, made on that.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, if you're gonna go to radiology and we we do a urine pregnancy test, I mean. Somehow people mess those up anyway. Uh, have you ever seen right. those like things <laughs> on the internet that it's like, look, I'm pregnant,
0: and you're like, that's negative. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how people do it, but they can. They yeah. can mess these up. Um, Some other ones that I was looking up, other wave testing. Um, so different ovulation tests are considered waves. Different blood glucose meters. Obviously, those are things we think about that are at in your home, um, but that's kind of scary too. <laughs> I also see the strong use for some of those at-home tests especially for um people who have diabetes and everything.
1: I've seen um people who are dieting will get ketone strips and it always reminds Oh yes me, like yeah. Yeah. And um I was at the dollar store one time and next to the dollar store pregnancy tests are dollar store um they call them uh UTI test kits and what it I is seen is those a too. Strip that I think it just tests for nitrates maybe. I don't know if it was leukocytes or nitrates that it was testing for on a strip, and you dipped it and it changed color um, to test for, you know, UTI, urine bacteria, I guess, probably.
0: Yeah, that's interesting because I feel like nitrites, that could be, yeah, it, that could definitely have, have a false positive result, and it could be positive and you don't actually ha- have a UTI.
1: Yeah.
0: But, oh, interesting.
1: I don't think they worry about ascorbic acid interference in their their home. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> their home urinalysis. Exactly. I didn't know that um, hemoglobin copper sulfate. That's an interesting test. I did not know that. Yeah.
0: Was saved. I'm not sure. I guess I, sh- I should have looked up like the details on that test but it, it was a non-automated methodology. So I'm wondering if those are those tests if you've ever um, donated blood and they give you yeah. sometimes before um is that i wonder if that's the methodology by copper sulfate yeah,
1: i think it is it just sounds odd it says like hemoglobin by copper sulfate it like sounds so sophisticated
0: yeah. even though like
1: yeah it's simple <laughs> yeah um not if you not if you read like chapter five and rodak uh <laughs> <laughs> and then i'm like wow not simple at all not simple at all yep um so the new thing that's out there and we wanted to talk about today is the hematology analyzer that's hitting the market and, and causing a little bit of a stir. Um, as a hematologist, I immediately went to freak out mode and I was like, Oh my gosh, they're going to do CBCs and like, who's going to run these tests and what are they going to tell doctors? That's not right. I'm sure the chemists have it's felt scary. this way for a long time, but I was really feeling yeah. it. Yeah.
0: So, um, Thysmix came out with the CBC analyzer and it's, They say it's the first to receive the CLIA waiver. It's called the XW100, and it's an automated hematology analyzer. Um, So can you explain a little bit, since you're the hematologist, about how this analyzer, I know you you haven't personally used it, but how is it different from our moderate or higher complexity um, hematology analyzers that we're used to using in the laboratory?
1: So like I said, the first thing I did was, of course, panic instead of, you know, like reading up on it. And then and then I read up on it second. But what this analyzer does differently than like my XN in the laboratory from Sysmix is it offers, um, they've locked out some of the parameters that are more likely to give you erroneous results. They've locked out um, the ability to do testing if you haven't run QC. But this offers just 12 parameters total, and it gives you a three-part diff. My analyzer gives us a six-part diff, so it's not as detailed. It's much more basic. So that part, like, helped me out a little bit. I think it has hemoglobin, hematocrit, white count, platelet, and then the three-part diff. And one thing that was interesting to me was the three-part diff. So when I think of a three-part diff, I usually think of granulocytes, lymphs, and monos. But this has neutrophils, lymphs, and other white cells. So I'm not exactly sure how that technology works. Um, I haven't looked into it that much, but I kind of feel like most providers want to know if they have increased lymphs or increased neutrophils, so that was probably their aim.
0: And one thing I noticed when you were, because um, we were kind of looking up some of the information on it, um, it says that you have to run quality control every eight hours. I'm just curious about that. Is that an internal quality control? Is that a quality control that the laboratory is running? Um, I would assume it'd be like the external
1: liquid uh, QC. Okay. That would be my assumption. For um, our laboratory analyzers, we only have to run QC, I think, well, per cap. I think it's once every 24 hours for hematology, Um, cell counting analyzers like our If I'm wrong, somebody will, I'm sure, message us and tell us that we're wrong. But um, (laughs) I think it's once every 24 hours. So this is being a little more stringent. So I would think that if something was um, not working working correctly, it would catch it um, sooner um because we're we're not going to be utilizing a moving average i would not think on this analyzer
0: i would not think so either yeah i think it would be like a pass fail <laughs> yeah in, in so, some form i'm not yeah like we're kind of speculating on this stuff because we neither of us have ever used it yeah, but one of the um, things
1: i thought was kind of one of the things i thought was kind of cool was that it stated in here that um it's only intended for patients that are 2 years of age and older because i'm i'm assuming there's more interference in children like maybe it's because of the uh nrbc's or you know i uh the mm. the backwards lymphocyte count for a while you know stuff like right. that and they don't want you to make a decision on a child that on an analyzer that hasn't had that much right time out there
0: yeah because if you're if you don't have a hematology background and you see that higher lymphocyte count in a pediatric patient um that might be a red flag but really that's normal depending on the patient's age so yeah i guess they're trying to put some safeguards in place and it does sound like this is really meant for obviously not hospitals but um more physician offices um and the the point that schismix made in this safety bulletin was that the delay that patients might have in getting the results from the CBC rather than being able to get them directly at a doctor's office could affect their treatment plan. What are your thoughts on that, Lindsay? Do you think that's a current barrier?
1: I think in some ways it is. I used to go to a provider's office and they did not have a laboratory. So then I would have to like drive down the street while I'm not feeling well and go to this other (laughs) place, you know, like a LabCorp core they have like these little outpatient draw stations and I'd have to drive there sure. and get my blood drawn and then they'd send the the labs off and then I'd have I'd hear from the doctor the next day. And I mean at that point usually like I'm over the fact that I have to go somewhere else. And I wonder how many people actually don't drive there and they just go home. Like how many lab right, right. are hanging out there.
0: Yeah, and my experience working in a physician office lab um, with a larger inside a larger clinic was if that doctor could get that patient in the door, they a lot of times wanted to try to get some of those different tests that you want to get annually just right at that visit because they knew that if they didn't get it at that visit, the likelihood of them coming back for a, for a draw, okay. like a, a fasting lab draw or something was really not going to happen. Yeah, for we certain actually did patient that population. with
1: our A1Cs at clinics. We went to a waived A1C for certain patients. Um, that way we could have the, the tough conversation if they were being compliant right away. And then, so I think that could be that this, you know, having your results sooner is going to be useful. I'm not sure because I haven't read this anywhere yet, but with like some wave testing, it's not approved for like critical care. Or hematology oncology, so I kind of wonder if this um, is not approved, or they haven't done a lot of testing yet in like oncology offices. Like you would think an yeah, I think office I office w- would want more.
0: Yeah, I think I did read. I don't remember if it was on. Um, we I, we pulled up an AAC article. AACC excuse me article and a couple other ones, I think I did see it that it wasn't it wasn't for use in an oncology site or to diagnose more advanced hematological conditions. Mm-hmm. So I think it does state that as part of the CLIA waiver. So okay. that would make sense. Yeah.
1: I mean, if you're being followed so closely, I would think they'd want, you know, um, not that these results wouldn't be accurate on a wave because they should still be accurate, um, but, you know, just wanting somebody there who can interpret at a higher level
0: and do that manual exactly. dip that occur. And it, and I guess we're a little bit late to the game here because when we started, we, we've kind of been talking about bringing this topic on the podcast for a while, but I, we found a, a thread going back in the ASDLS community. Um, this is about, I guess It was like a year and a half ago or so, but um, there was a lot of talk about this new analyzer in the community. Yes, were you involved with
1: some of that conversation? Um, I didn't end up commenting, I was uh, more of the you know, eating popcorn and watching it go back and forth. <laughs> and what I was seeing was like, people were like, Oh, this is a super great thing, and then the other people were like, What is this gonna do to our profession? Um, uh, there's a Like, is this flow cytometry technology? Like, are they using stains? Are they, you know, going with the Coulter method? You know, et cetera. Like, they wanted to know more. And this was before it had actually hit the market. So some of the more proprietary things weren't known
0: yet. Um, So we were all kind of trying to guess, I think. Yeah, it definitely sounded like it was a polarizing topic within the clinical lab community. Um, just one comment from one of the members, Diane. She said, this is what I do and do well. I have 25 years of experience and ASCP certification. I cannot work in a New York City lab doing any lab work without a license. How come a high school graduate with no training can read in my CBC, read my CPC in a doctor's office anywhere in the country? So yeah. those are some passionate thoughts about some of how this, how this wave testing might How this could be leading us into the future.
1: Yeah, and I I have to remind people when they bring up these kind of comments, like we're not getting out of a job here. We're letting the technology work for us. Somebody still has to create this technology. Somebody still has to ensure that the people um, are competent who are running the technology. Um, I mean, there's so many things. It's not gonna. We're not gonna be out of a job. And you know there's already so many wave tests out there. Like we talked about a little bit ago, you know there's already hemoglobin testing. There's already hematocrit right. testing. Um I, I looked it up cuz I was not I didn't think there were platelet and white cell that were waved already and I didn't see any. Um you know, but I mean the hemoglobin and hematocrit have been available for quite a while. So really are we giving them actually is is it more accurate if we're not doing a finger stick and getting like a small tiny sample, you know, that doesn't quite fill up all the way or you know something like that like are we doing better by the patients?
0: Yeah, and that's I that's kind of where my next thought was it kind of depends on how you look at it. So, of course we're all concerned about our our profession and making sure it's still relevant, but at the end of the day our primary goal is patient care and if it's a way to serve the patients better then That's a good thing, right? That's what I think. And then, um,
1: so I don't know what other brands call it, but like Sysmex calls it starring out. So like if you put a, if they do like an asterisk next to something, it means it's like a non-reportable thing. Like you need to look at it under the microscope before you report it. And my understanding is that with this analyzer, it actually won't start out, but it just won't give you any result. And it will say, you know, like... I don't know what it says, if it says error or cancel, but it basically is f- telling the person we cannot get an accurate result here, so try a different methodology.
0: That's interesting. I, I wonder how they can are gonna be educating the physicians in these um, in these physician's offices to, to react to those results. Because um, at first, my first question would be, did I do something wrong? Did I do the testing correctly? So I'd probably repeat it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then at that point, yeah, it would be interesting to see what does the flag actually look like? Um, does it just tell you to send it on for confirmation?
1: Yeah, I'm not, I'm not 100% sure, but it's, I guess that's another reason we'll need our MLSs to be the people who are helping to the providers
0: interpret laboratory results, right? Exactly. Um. And like you mentioned, to oversee all of the wave testing, because even in physician offices, there still needs to be um, a WAVE testing coordinator or a point-of-care testing coordinator that checks over this quality control and looks at potentially proficiency tests or um, proficiency of the folks that are performing these tests. So that will hopefully involve a laboratory professional at that level.
1: Unfortunately, you know, it's not always is a laboratory person at all these – the like positions office labs and stuff, you know, sometimes they just have a medical director who's their CLIA licensed signer, you know, or something like that. That's but
0: true.
1: um I mean if if technology continues to advance and gets more complicated, then we are gonna need these new positions out there that help the doctors understand the laboratory testing better. Maybe it's like a new market for exactly like consultants or educators Uh, for clinical lab testing yeah yeah because I mean the testing is not getting any easier that's for sure all the orderable things out there oh yes (laughs) it's never ending do you think that um, having having a waived CBC analyzer would change like what your
0: doctor does I think possibly um if you have a patient coming in, and you have—I mean, I suppose you have—you do have a, currently a mono, but you know the my—I'm talking about the um, mono, like
1: a mono spot um, test
0: waived. Mono spot testing. Thank you. Um, I think it—I think it definitely could help at these physician office labs, and I do see an issue with, like you were mentioning, your experience of going to the doctor and if they want to order lab, laboratory tests and they can't they are either not ordering them and making decisions without them or sending you on um, sending you on to a separate draw site like you said I think it would positively impact patient care at these sites I do if you know and if it's FDA approved I think we proceed with caution of course but I'm also kind of wondering, like, so
1: I'm thinking of, like, my grandma. So she goes to the doctor. She's had this cough for how long? Um, You know, they might do a chest x-ray at the doctor. But, you know, she's not breathing that well. So then they're going to draw a CBC at the office and then run it right there. Okay, well, they can actually see that her white count isn't increased, but she's really anemic. You know, then they can, like, totally change... Their process of what they're thinking, so if she really a really good her, example. Of, like having trouble breathing, you know that kind mm-hmm. of a thing. Um, I could see that really helping. And you know, if if my uh, my mom or my uncle have to take my grandma to the doctor, and then take her also to that draw site, I mean, it really can turn into a day.
0: Right. Right. Yeah. I think I think it's a good topic to keep talking about and to keep discussing in the lab community, and I'm interested to see see where it goes if we're gonna start seeing more hematology or more chemistry. I mean, there are a lot of chemistry wave testing, but if we're gonna see that keep growing, I think we will. I guess I know the answer. The answer is it is gonna keep growing, but we'll <laughs> see in, in, in what kind of platforms and what do the platforms look like and everything, so.
1: Moleculars, moleculars, growing like crazy. So maybe that'll be the next thing. Next
0: point of, well, yeah, there's already, yeah, you know, so that could be the next thing. Like exactly. the flu,
1: the rapid flu that they have now, mm-hmm. uh, Cepheid, mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. yeah, Point, point of care. I'm glad, Good especially results. right now in flu season.
0: Fast, oh yeah, lots of positive flus these days. <laughs> 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 Multiples a day, and even the small labs that I've been. Um, working in lately they've had multiple every single day so it's peak season right now
1: so we're seeing you know these things these things coming out and you know a three-part differential and like I said I freaked out first and then I I finally had to like take it back and be like okay we're not going to put this out there if we you know and it's not going to it's not going to make it as a instrument if it can't perform so right. if it gets out there and we're getting good results and it's helping, then this, this instrument will t- will take off. If it's out there and you're not getting good results and they're not correlating to other analyzers when um, a patient does have a full CBC somewhere, I'm, I'm feeling better about it.
0: I'm feeling better good. about yeah. it. Good, yeah. Yeah, I'd be interested to see what some of the listeners might think. Um, so if you do have an opinion on this, comment on our Facebook group. Let us know what's your opinion on the new wave testing for hematology. Have you ever used it? We'd love to hear from people who've used it.
1: (laughs) Yeah, for sure. And if you guys are ever looking for a a really fun read, 42 CFR, so that's the Code of Federal Regulations, Part 493, (laughs) goes into crazy detail about laboratory testing. So if you don't take our word for it, check it out there there you
0: go. We have references. <laughs> <laughs>
1: this one time. No.
0: <laughs>
1: anyway, remember, these are our opinions, not necessarily everyone's opinions, but we do want to hear from you. So please check out our Facebook page.
0: Yeah. And I think that's it for this episode of ASCLS Off the Bench. Thanks for listening. Bye.